Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Carving the Divine TV. My name is Yujiro Seki, and I'm a director, writer, and the producer of the documentary Carving the Divine. Carving the Divine is about the Buddhist sculptors of Japan, and this Buddhist wood carving tradition has been in Japan for 1,400 years. Uh, but, you know, before uh, I released this film uh, in public, I thought it would be a great idea to uh, introduce the basic concept about the Buddhism and the history of the Buddhism so that when you guys finally watch my documentary, you guys can watch it at the maximum value. So without further ado, I would like to introduce our scholar and one of the most intelligent people that I met in my life, Michael Jordan Van Hansenveld. Welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for having me back. Awesome. So we've been having this interesting discussion for a couple of weeks now. We are talking about Japan and we talked about the Shintoism and we talk about how Buddhism started in Japan. Now we're gonna go even deeper today. Uh, we wanna know this uh, mysterious figure in Japanese history called Prince Shotoku. And as a Japanese, uh, you know, uh, I heard about the, uh, Prince Shotoku. He's a very famous guy. He was uh, on the money. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was probably $100, 100 yen bill or something. Well, one, one yen bill, I don't remember. But, you know, uh, nowadays they don't use it anymore. But anyway, so we know something about the Shotoku, but we don't know that much about it. So. Tell us, Michael, as a scholar, so who is Prince Shotoku and how did he, that, how did he contribute spreading uh, Buddhism in Japan? Please tell us all about it. Okay, so Prince Shotoku, um, I do want to open this up with a disclaimer. There are arguments out there between scholars whether Prince Shotoku was a historical figure or whether he was the amalgamation of several um, historical figures into one um, legendary figure. Um, the arguments for his existence are supported by archeological evidence of his successes, the, thing, the temples he created, and even a, his own residence in a city in Japan. The disputes come from scholars who think that no one man could have accomplished all the things that Shotoku did. And so rather he's an amalgamation of several noteworthy figures that are not named and rather lumped into this one concept of a Prince Shotoku. Now, I'm going to also say that Prince Shotoku has, is the central figure at a lot, of a lot of mythological and supernatural stories in Japan. Um, for example, like the Buddha, he had a miraculous birth. When Prince Shotoku was born to his mother, it was painless. There was absolutely no discomfort from his mother as she gave birth to him. Now, also, he could talk immediately when he was born. As soon as he could talk, he could start having conversations with 10, around 10 people simultaneously which means I could be having a conversation with you, Yuji, and I could be having a conversation with nine other people all at the same time. <laughs> wow. 
And so this is a remarkable feat. It is also said that at the age of two, before he was really able to comprehend anything, before Buddhism had even really taken a strong footing in Japan, that he turned towards India and he formed the Gasho Mudra. He showed the form of respect towards India, towards where the Buddha had been born. And so this is, these are all stories that are attributed to him historically. He is also mentioned in the historical chronicles of Japan, the Kojiki and in the Nihon Shoki. Um, both of those talk about Prince Shotoku at length. Now, Shotoku, if he were a real person, blah, 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 I'm going to leave it at that. If he were a real person, he did a lot to change the political climate of Japan at the time. Um, when he was born, there was a lot of clan war warfare. There were a lot of clans vying for rulership of the nation of Japan. Now, Shotoku, when he took the regency under his aunt Suiko, when he took that regency, he wanted to bring in a more centralized state government following the model of Chinese government. He also brought in this idea of a meritocracy versus nepotism. Meritocracy, of course, being achieving higher ranks in government based on what you do rather than who you know. He also played a very important role in creating a 17-article constitution, which completely subverted the way that government matters were practiced in Japan. Now, what makes these 17 articles so specifically special to Buddhist history is that the three jewels of Buddhism are mentioned by name in those 17 articles. I believe it's article two, maybe article six. Um, maybe somebody in the comments can correct me and uh, point out. I believe it's article two though, where Prince Shotoku had written that at the center of the government should be the three jewels of Buddhism, the Buddha, the law, and the community. Mm -hmm. And so he mentioned by name Buddhism in these articles of the constitution. And when this constitution formed the basis of the government in Japan, this means that the government in Japan from that point forward started to see Buddhism as the root on which everything else would be built. Now, why Buddhism? Shotoku, he loved the fact that Buddhism emphasized harmony, also known as wa. Now, harmony, everybody respecting each other, everybody working together, everybody working to achieve the higher aims of a complete nation. And Shotoku, he saw that as being the prime existence of a government, to bring everybody together into harmony. Now, acting as regent for Empress Suiko, as I mentioned before, Prince Shotoku instituted important reforms that would lay the ideological foundations for a Chinese-style government. Using that position, using that power, and using that influence, he also built Buddhist temples around the nation, the most famous of which are the Shitenoji and the Horyuji. There are five others. He built seven famous large temples in total, but the two famous that exist to this day and the ones that a lot of people will go to to visit out of respect for Shotoku's accomplishments are the Horyuji, where a lot of treasures are stored, and the Shitenoji, 
which was built by Shotoku in celebration of a victory he was given. Wow. Sounds like he accomplished so much. Oh, so I didn't even... <laughs> I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't even start. He was also a Buddhist scholar. He was a, not a preacher, but he was a lecturer on Buddhist principles. He was a commentary writer on sutras in the Buddhist, um, sort of the Buddhist writings. He wrote commentaries on these things. Some stories say three sutras, other stories say 10 or up to eight sutras. Um, it, the number varies depending on who you read. But he was a legendary figure. He achieved legendary status because of what he did to further Buddhism in the Japanese archipelago. Great. I understand why he's important now. He's not just a money guy, right? I guess. He's not just a money guy. <laughs> he did everything to lay the foundations of Japan as we know it now. Awesome. Awesome. So, guys, if you think this information is useful, make sure to subscribe my YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and like me on my Facebook because that's how we do it in the 21st century. In the 21st century. And also Michael is going to talk more about the Japanese Buddhism. Can't get better than that. Can't get better than that. We're going to talk about it more next week. I can't wait. Awesome. So I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, take care.